0: That's how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards three-pointer is good. This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on a kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. It's a personnel issue. I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I, I think. And it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his. You can't, cover. you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home, and I get to stay home.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how is your Friday going? You feeling good? Ready for the weekend?
0: Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh, We had a pretty interesting night of basketball, I'd say, Thursday night. Um, We were kind of texting about uh, one team in particular, and that was one of my one of the big nights that I've had so far this year where I just kind of scanned a bunch of games mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get a, a look on some some teams that I hadn't seen a lot of this year. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. And I'm kind of ready for the weekend now, too.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, um, one team that we don't have in our rundown, uh, but North Texas and UTSA played on ESPNU. Yeah. Which was the most random ESPNU game I could think <laughs> about. Um, North Texas did not look good, once again. Uh, only beat UTSA, I think, by three. Or four, whatever right. it was. Um a little con- so uh, the concern is continuing to grow, but hey, sure. whatever, get the win and get out of get out of town. Tyler Perry is man, he might win conference player of the year at this point, but he, he might, he's been ridiculous so man, far. He's so good. Um, yeah. I said I wanted him to take 10 threes per game, and he's shooting seven right now, but I want him to just <laughs> just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. <laughs> Anyways, that was a side tangent, but uh yeah, that's what I was watching a little bit last night. Um got a lot to talk about here um let's start with sam houston state who sure has now become my favorite team in the state I exactly. think, at this point <laughs> that's just we're, we were texting about them i said i text you i said i'm watching sam houston seattle tonight i don't care I nothing else i'm putting everything away I'm watching mm-hmm. sam houston seattle i watched the first half and then at the second half i moved away because it was a blowout and these yeah. guys just man they put it on seattle seattle entered the game seven and oh um, Sam Houston into the game five and three in conference. This game was in Huntsville, and Sam Houston mm-hmm. State flat out takes care of business, puts them away, locks them down, throws away the key, fifty-five to forty, beats Seattle and improves to six and three in conference and makes a statement.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you told me you were watching this game, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of interested. And then I, I didn't realize that Sam was or uh, that Seattle was unbeaten heading into the game, so I was like, okay, I probably should definitely switch it over. So. I decided to switch it over for a little bit because I was watching um, Corpus Christi on the other channel Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or uh, I was watching Corpus Christi uh, on my other, on Hulu. And yeah, man, this Sam Houston team, like you, you just texted me. You're like, this team's a bunch of dogs. (laughs) And like, I agree. Like you watch this team, especially in the first half and you, they kind of go, I think we mentioned this a little bit before they go as kind of Quay Grant goes, but I didn't realize how much JV and May plays into that as well. Um, Quay Grant finished with eight rebounds in the first half, which is nuts, by the way. Quay Grant's a point guard. Um, And I don't know, early on in this year, it felt like it was a lot of Quay Grant and not much else in terms of scoring, right? Consistent scoring. It's watching them for that long and dominating that long. It just, it goes to show you like how much, how much he does, but also how much this team just is well-rounded, right? Quay Grant had two points. And he had 14 rebounds. (laughs) Yes. One of the craziest. And nine assists. assists. Nine assists. I mean, like, again, one of the craziest stat lines you're ever going to see for a point guard. And it's not like he he didn't shoot. He shot. He was one of eight. So it's not like he wasn't trying to shoot. But, like, but you just saw him try to impact the game in so many different ways. JV and May finished with seven rebounds, no points, right? So, like, their backcourt had. Uh had 15 points total, and Gray and JV and May scored like two scored two of them combined. Yeah. So it was awesome. Um they were just so much more physical than Seattle. Seattle was not ready for their physicality. They crushed them on the boards. They got to the line, or actually they didn't get to the line that much. Seattle got to the line because that was kind of the only way they were generating points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this team was just like it, it looked like Seattle wasn't ready for this type of game from Sam Houston, which is, you know, they're going to hit the floor. They're going to try to force turnovers, which they've done all year. And they're going to shoot some, they're going to put up shots and they put up some threes. They didn't have the best shooting night from three, but they still shot effectively. Um, I think if you're Sam Houston, that's probably where you're, that's probably where you're looking at. This is like your, your, the, the, your favorite part of the win is that you didn't have like, this team's a really good team from three and they didn't really shoot that much from three. And you had a bad game from Clay Grant scoring, and you still blew out the best team in this conference by 15.
1: Yeah, I mean they hold Seattle to 5 of 27 from 3 and 4 of 23 from 2. Yeah. Like the, the just that just doesn't it just doesn't compute. It doesn't happen. 55 I mean, to watch...
0: 40. Like that is an that is an insane yeah, score just like we, in general.
1: Like we watched North Texas. We've we've watched, you know, Texas State in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. we've watched a lot of great defensive teams, Houston, Baylor. Um that was on par defensively with some of the best defense that I've seen in the state over the past two years that we've been doing this podcast, like Dante powers and JVN may didn't, or I'm sorry, Quay Grant and JVN may did not score the ball a lick. And right. I still text you. Like these guys are just dogs. Like, right. they're, just, they're just absolutely dogs. They were everywhere. It felt like. And so a uh, shout out to them. Obviously Dante powers is the only player. I think, you no, know, he's the only player in the entire game that scored over 10 points scored 13 mm-hmm. and had three, went three or three from three. So shout out to Dante powers for at least scoring, but I just, yeah. I like their balance. Um, You know, they, they're, I mean, minutes wise, they played, was this nine guys, double digit minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt like they all played a good role. Tristan, Ike off the bench, uh, Scrogan's off the bench, uh, Hefner at, um, at six, seven, kind of that Ford for them. So yeah, I just like the balance of this team defensively. I love where they're at. And they're now 31st in the country in Kim and defense, which is um, very, very, very impressive. So, yeah,
0: uh, I think uh, I've been trying to look at to see like when's the last time Seattle was held to that low of a point total. They've scored 40 like in the 40s, like, but it's 40. I'm, I'm in 2017 right now, and 40 no is way. still the lowest that they have held, so, no that way. They've held <laughs> since then. Yeah, there's no way.
1: Um, and the thing is, the good thing is, like I said, Sam Houston is six and three at this point. But yeah. they've pretty much gone through the hard part of their schedule. If you look mm-hmm. at their upcoming schedule, it's RGV, UTA, Abilene Christian, who Abilene Christian is kind of fallen off quite a bit. Uh, yeah. UTA again, Tarleton are the next five games. Like that's five win- that's five games they're gonna be favored in by, you know, five or more points. So I mean three of those are on- or four of those are on the road, but still, if they come out of that four and one, we're looking at a ten and four Sam Houston team going into the back half of the schedule where they have to play southern utah and sfa and cal baptist so they're setting themselves up well uh this is a really good win i wish they would have got that home win against grand canyon uh that sure. they lost in overtime but at the end of the day i mean i can't ask for anything more from this team
0: yeah i know this is like we they kind of you know they started conference a little shaky um i believe they split they went three and three in their first six games or something like that and they've gotten back to it, man. You know, they got 4-0 in the stretch, wins over SFA, and now Seattle, who's previously unbeaten, like we said. And I'm trying to think, the conference, now they still project, Ken Palm still projects Seattle to come out on top, but now Sam Houston, after being in that stuck in that kind of middle pack, they're kind of punching their way back into that top four, five range. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you said, easy part of their schedule coming up. They have a style of play that's kind of, that's that's like you mentioned, the defense is going to be there. And even if you don't have the out the scoring outputs that you maybe want to see from from Quay Grant and things like that on night on a nightly basis, now you know you don't have to get, you know, 18 points out of him to win a game. Um, he's probably I mean, Jesus, he probably one of the leaders for player of the year in the WAC? In the WAC.
1: The WAC is so tough because there's so many teams outside of the state that obviously mm-hmm. I don't know enough about where I'm like, true, true. you know, Faroz AMAC was there last year. It's like okay. Um, yeah, But you can let me know what if Ken Palm has. Yeah, he's, on- so he's averaging
0: he's averaging 13, four, 13 points, four assists, four rebounds a game. Um, I don't know. Let me see. In conference, 14, four, and three, and almost two steals a game. So, like, I don't know. It, it, sure, he might not put up the points to maybe win. Uh, Ken Palm has him as the highest-rated player, um, just based of off their metrics. But he might not be the highest-scoring player, things like that. I think it's – let me see. It's mm-hmm. Justin Johnson right now from uh, – rgv um
1: so he'll be in that he was, he was on my uh he was on my preseason team when we drafted teams
0: yeah yeah so he's averaging 21 about 20, 20, over 21 points um so you know he might he, it's guys like that Seattle's cameron tyson who's averaging 19 so like you know they might be yeah. but in terms of just everything defense playmaking rebounding like it i think it's quay grant
1: it'll be interesting we'll see yeah. how they do but that was uh, i wanted to start the podcast with them shout out to sam houston oh, yeah. um yeah, my my sister and brother went to Sam Houston, so oh nice family ties. <laughs> you had to you had to break the
0: you had to break the the streak there.
1: Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to Huntsville. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Damn it. Fair <laughs> We did so well on this podcast. Just <laughs> Sam Houston. Before you, before
0: you slander a frog. Damn it! I
1: broke it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Texas A and M. Speaking of other great places to live, Texas A and M. Um, man, I, I had question marks because I was like, all but right, yeah, right. that's the easy part of their schedule. What are you going to do? You lost to Kentucky. Like, are you going to be able to bounce back? You're going to, can you beat Auburn, Arkansas, you know, Tennessee? Um, they don't play Alabama until the last game of the season. Like, you know, they have a pretty, pretty easy draw. We've talked about it before Tennessee and Alabama only once each, uh, the rest of the conference is up and down, but they played Auburn on the road. And I watched Auburn play LSU in person, and I was like, I don't yeah. think Auburn's that great. But at the same time, I think they should beat AM at home.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they beat the breaks at home. Texas, off, A&M.
1: Texas <laughs> AM. Texas AM puts it on Auburn. Was up 45 to 30 at halftime and ends up winning 79 to 63. Breaking, I believe Auburn had the longest home winning streak in the country coming into this game. And AM just put it on him. And is Texas AM now the third
0: best team in the conference at this point? I don't know. That's a big, it's nuts question, to think about. Like, you know, we, we had like a, a, a come to Jesus moment when it came to like Buzz Williams, what he's doing there. And <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, whether, whether it's the schedule or not, you know, I don't know, but they're taking advantage of it in a way that I wasn't sure that they could. Um, yeah. of course, they you know, they lost to. That was kind of a disappointing loss to Kentucky because we talked about Kentucky kind of uh, being on the schneid. but they've 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 looked to turn it around a little bit. They are they're yeah. on a four game win streak, so maybe it's not as disappointing of a loss. Um, but yeah, now AM's just stacking up impressive wins. Ken Palm has them as the third best team right now in in the SEC, which is insane. If you would have told me that a month ago, uh, just uh, behind Tennessee and of course Alabama. Um, yeah. Now, granted, those two are like far and away rated as the best, but regardless, that's a if you put those two in a different category, right, then you, there's no shame in being the best out of the rest. And so man, I don't know. Tyrese Radford dropped 30 in that game. Uh, he's been He's been insane. I mean Wade Taylor's, of course been their most consistent player, probably. I don't know, man. I guess we' we're, we're probably about to start eating some crow on them too, because if they can go into Auburn and just like thoroughly control that I think I think Auburn got, I think they were within like four towards the end of the first half and that was it and then that was like yeah. they they took it back out and just blew him back uh or b- broke up in the game again and they were getting inside they were like getting any look that they wanted auburn couldn't take anybody off the dribble auburn mm-hmm. couldn't handle anybody off the dribble and yeah i mean and am got to the line 20 out of 24 free throws uh they they beat them on the boards too. yeah they beat them on the boards too like yeah. i mean this this team's finding its way man they're fine they're they're like Becoming that team that they were at the end of last year that looked mm-hmm. like they were a snub uh, going into the tournament.
1: Which is just, it, it makes it so
0: weird, the non conference. Like, I will pull the clip, pull the clip. You kind of, right? Yeah, we like, were talking about how this team is not good or at least like definitely just does not belong in the con- conversation, like in terms of SEC contenders. They loser. lost to college, they got blown out by Colorado. Yeah. And lose to Wofford
1: at home. Like, yeah, lose like, to Murray State. Like Boise you, State. like and, and that that was the whole – our whole thing was that this is the same team from last year. Obviously, a little change, but pretty much the same team as last year. Yep. this should, You should have, if anything, gone off to a good start and then maybe faded down the stretch, something like that. Instead, they have completely just repeated what they were last year, except last year – um, in conference, they had the long losing streak where they lost like seven or eight in a row. I was about and to tell you, they, 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 it, was like a, it was
0: a late turnaround for them. Yeah, the it conference.
1: was a late turnaround. So now they have seemingly figured it out. I mean, the craziest thing is they're like, yeah, okay, let's say Tyrese Rafford and Way Taylor are their best two players. Cool. They don't look like – they're not a huge team. Like when I watch Arkansas – they're a huge team. I think Florida is a pretty big team with Fudge and Castleton. Like I, I've watched a lot of SEC basketball. They're not one of the biggest teams yeah. or tallest teams in the conference, and yet they are up there in uh, two point percentage. They're second in two point percentage. They're second in offensive rebounding percentage. Like they are, they play a lot bigger and more physical, and that's what we were hoping. Wait, um, Buzz Williams would bring because that's kind mm-hmm. of what coach. He's always been is like defense, toughness, physicality, all that stuff. And they just finally don't look afraid. They don't look timid. And, mm-hmm. man, that was an impressive, impressive win over Auburn where they just punched him in the mouth and then kept punching them and kept punching them. And, like, again, if I was ranking the SEC in terms of talent, pure talent, they're not a top five team. Sure. They're not. But here we are, and Texas a might be the third best team in the conference. Like, I can't believe we've reached this point.
0: I think one of the things that really stood out to me was their their ball movement when it came to Auburn because Auburn came out in the second half kind of look kind of you can tell they they're obviously down 15 at the half and so obviously yeah. they were going to come out more aggressive but you can tell they made a point to like really turn up the pressure on defense and it didn't phase a at all it like more or less they were just like continuing to move the ball finding the open look getting quick shots and it yeah, I I was very impressed. There was one, there was one drive. I think it was in the first half. Tyrese Radford took it, and it looked it almost looked like the Doctor J, like yep, up and under, yep. where he just like it was like left handed, completely on, head under the rim. Yes. Like, I was like, what is happening? Like I was like, this is that was an insane play, and that like summarized his night. Where I'm like, where did he where did this come from from him?
1: I jumped out of my couch on that play because <laughs> I was just like, all right, man, if Texas A&M is doing this now, they got like. <laughs> Like you said, they got Julius Irving over here and Tyrese Radford. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, this is just – this isn't the team I was expecting it to be. Right. Um, but and yeah, I like guess, like,
0: can... that, that's kind of what they that's kind of what they need to where, you know, not necessarily Tyrese Radford dropping 30, but, like, one of those guys, like him, Coleman, or Taylor doing that every once in a while, right? It was yeah. like, yeah, sure, we, we can now see that those guys have a 25 to 30-point game in them. And that's kind of – in my opinion, that's what's been missing a lot is that you know those guys are going to play well. But like, maybe Wade Taylor needs to drop a twenty-eight point game, right? We saw Radford; he can drop a thirty-point game. Um, Julius Marble is kind of coming into his own. Can he? Does he have something in there, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that was that was something that um, uh, that was something that stood out to me. Was like, man, if they could just get one of those guys on a night, that'd be something. I mean, that
1: was that was our whole thing. Was like top end talent wise. Sure. Where was Who, the top end talent? And right. now Tyrese Radford has suddenly—I mean—as a senior—and again, these this is an old team. Yeah, it's an yeah. old team. That, there's a lot of reasons why we picked AM to be good this year. Them mm-hmm. being an old team was one of those reasons. Like it's senior, junior, senior, junior, 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 senior. Like it is old team. And so Tyrese yeah. Radford breaking out of his uh, shell. Um, Way Taylor is obviously a sophomore, so he's the exception. But yeah, that that this is what we expected this team to be. And so it's it's good that they're now not. I didn't expect them to be the third best team in the SEC. But right. hey, the rest of the SEC is down. Take it, take it, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um. Also, I texted you this. We have a new contender for nickname of the year in Boots Radford. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I forgot that his nickname was Boots, and then they said in the brackets. I was like, write it down. So I wrote it down. So we have Day Day Hall, Boots Radford. If Anybody has any other nicknames out there? Yes, yeah, so we'll know. be putting together an all-name all, all name team at the end of the all year. All-nickname team. And that's a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good group so far. <laughs> all right, what else we got? Oh, I wanted to give um, predictions for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Yeah,
0: oh, that. okay, yes, let's do it. Because this
1: will we'll, this will be fun. We'll be able to look back on this and be like, okay, Yeah. you're right, we were wrong. Some really good games this weekend. We're going to focus, obviously, on the four Texas uh, games. We're not going to worry about, like, Kansas, Kentucky, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the big one, Texas at Tennessee. Hmm. Tennessee is a a very, very good team. I think they're second in Ken Palm, or no. Yeah, Yeah, they are second in Ken Palm, 17-3 and overall. The number one defense, um, I I expect this to be a low-scoring game, obviously, uh, even Hmm. though Texas' offense has kind of come around a bit. What do you think? Do you think Texas can beat Tennessee on the road?
0: I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this is going to go Tennessee. Um, I think I, – I, I do like – I think that um, uh, Rodin Terry's done a great job, right? I think he he's – they've looked a lot better than I thought they would have after mm-hmm. post-Chris Beard. Um, I do wonder, though, if this is just one step too far, right, in terms of you're facing another great coach and Rick Barnes. Um, you're going to Tennessee. Obviously, they they had a pretty disappointing loss to Kentucky – uh, a couple weeks ago, or last week, I think. And, but the outside of that, I don't know. I mentioned Kentucky's they kind just, of summing into shape a little bit, and they just look more cohesive and better. Um, I don't know. Tennessee's defense is probably the best in the country right now, too. Uh, they're playing actually pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Texas is there. They haven't faced. It's weird to say because you know we talk about the Big Twelve all the time. They haven't faced a defense like this yet. You know, the Big 12, de- they haven't had that because Tech's been off. Uh, Baylor's been off defensively. They haven't had that really stingy defense to play against, and I think that Tennessee's going to give them issues.
1: That's a good point. I I think um, Tennessee's just so experienced. It's tough. I think yeah. it's going to be a really good game, but I'll, I'm going to take Tennessee at home uh, to win this. Uh, I think Ken
0: Palm has it a four- or five-point game, which sounds about right, in Tennessee's favor. Yeah
1: um what is the other game we have here tcu at mississippi state now mississippi state for those who don't know is just a quick background on them they <laughs> they're 10th in defense 168th in offense and yeah. if you've watched them play it makes complete sense they are a really really bad shooting team they play yeah. through a guy uh, a post tolu smith you know they don't have much offensively they pushed Alabama. I watched that game um, in Alabama. That was a good good performance from them. So they are capable. But I think TCU. Now the thing is, it is in Starkville, which adds mm-hmm. a, a little bit of intrigue to it. But I think I expect TCU to get it done. I'd be disappointed if they don't.
0: Yeah, I think I would too. Um, granted, Mississippi State. You know, they played Arizona really close. Uh, beat Maryland this year. Of course, they lost. They played a close game against Kentucky. Um, but, actually, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking at Tennessee. Sorry, I'm still looking at Tennessee schedule. Yeah, I haven't brought they beat, beat
1: Marquette, boy, I beat Utah. Yeah, Marquette, there you go. Um, they're they're
0: solid. I mean, Chris Jans is in his first year, right, from yeah. New Mexico State, and mm-hmm. they actually – New Mexico State looks like they're, they're in trouble. But um, yeah. he's done a solid job, and it's not going to be a quick turnaround, but I would be comfortable with T- – I feel like this is the kind of game that TCU can win in terms of, like, Mississippi State's going to want to hold their scoring down, you know, and they're going to want to get into kind of a more grimy affair – um i haven't heard much on eddie Lampkin yet um in terms of uh, availability but yeah. even with him uh let's see he didn't play against oklahoma of course mm-hmm. and so there's been no update since then um but even without eddie Lampkin, i still like tcu just because i think that this is a game this is a style of game that they're comfortable playing and so if they, if mississippi state tries to grind out a win i think tcu can manage
1: yeah i agree um baylor at home against arkansas this this is one's a, interesting <laughs> this, one, this one's really interesting because it feels like a game that like on, on paper it's kind of flipped Arkansas mm-hmm. I expect to be the more like offensive type team Baylor I expect to be the defensive team but with Arkansas's injuries to Anthony Black and Man. um uh, I'm sorry I think like Nick Smith and Trevon Brazil they've had to be a little bit more defensive they're long um so it's kind of flipped in what you would expect from these two teams, at least from the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, the good thing is it is in Waco. It yeah. is in Waco.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I, and I will say this. I was going to ask you separately, but like to, to ask like which team needs to win. I feel like Baylor kind of needs this win.
0: Yeah, way. I feel like definitely because like, I mean, regardless regardless of Arkansas's Offseason season hype and, you know, getting the top recruiting class and, and Anthony Black late and those guys. St- I th- still think there's some leeway with how young they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though, again, they don't have the Kentucky expectations where if you bring in the top class, you better compete for a national title. Um, I still I, so, so with that being said, I think Baylor does need this one a little bit more. Um, they're on a good streak right now, right? They've won five in a row after a rough start to conference play. And I think if they derail that streak with a loss to Arkansas, because then they got Texas right yeah, right after that,
1: exactly.
0: you could open up potentially a losing streak. Um, of course, we talked about Tech not being great, but uh, if they go into Tech on a two-game losing streak, who knows, right? Um, so I would lean more toward Baylor. This being more necessary for Baylor, like you mentioned with the injuries to to Arkansas, that I, I don't know. I feel like Arkansas will be concerned for just getting out healthy. Yeah, I.
1: Baylor kind of needs to win that game. They won five straight, beat Kansas. I don't know. It would be a pretty deflating loss to Arkansas at home, I feel like. So I'm going to take Baylor. Last game, the real – the best game of the slate, really-ish. I think you got to watch this. Everybody has to watch this game. Is Texas Tech at LSU, in my opinion. An an absolute barn burner. Uh, Texas Tech 0-7 in the Big 12. LSU 1-7 in the SEC. Who you got?
0: Who you got? I'm curious about this one.
1: <laughs> Let's just say I was at the LSU press conference yesterday. Yeah. And I wasn't inspired. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't inspired by, uh, by talking to head coach Matt McMahon. Love the guy. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't think it was very much like, hey, we got this. We, this is a win. We needed this one. Yeah. Uh, I it was like, I really don't want to play Texas Tech because even though they have lost a lot of games, they are a pain to play against and uh lsu's offense is abysmal right now mm. i think this is going to be a really ugly game lsu scored 40 points in its last game uh they're down to 123 in <laughs> palm lsu is oh my like goodness. look at their shooting percentages they're shooting yeah, they're, it's bad dead last in the sec in turnovers effective field goal percentage two point percentage
0: oh, this is really bad
1: it's bad <laughs> it's bad i've had to watch it i've watched every single game unfortunately <laughs> i i I was like can i take a pay cut to not watch these guys but anyways (laughs) they play texas tech and uh, even though texas tech is working things out themselves offensively yeah um give me tech in a low scoring game i just can't imagine here's what i'm here's
0: what i'm really afraid of for lsu and the reason why i also take tech they cannot keep teams off the glass and the one thing tech is doing pretty decently this year is offensive rebounding yeah uh yeah i i would and now they get now they have you know fardoz back and healthy and again he's not lighting the world on fire but he's definitely a better body than they've had so i think this honestly this could be a Fardaw's breakout game like this could be the game that he that he like had, that they've been wanting from him um because i don't know and you would know better i don't know who would guard him
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah the, the only good player lsu has is kj williams uh, yeah Murray state everybody else is is not and also not for nothing if you're Texas tech and you look at the schedule and you just have played, I'm, I'm going to name it T- TCU, Kansas, Oklahoma, Iowa state, Texas, Baylor, Kansas state, West Virginia as your last a game. God. Yeah. And now you get to play LSU before going back and playing Iowa state and Baylor, Texas tech needs to do everything in their power to win this game. Yes. Everything, every yes. single thing. So there, there's nothing positive to look forward to at the end of the tunnel this is the only game that matters. You got to win this game. So give me Texas Tech.
0: Yep, I go. think so too. I think they snapped the what month long losing streak.
1: What are we on now? Another zero and eight. I don't know how long the losing yeah. streak goes back. And I will be there. I will be there to watch this great game in person. I just want to know what the the, the over under is at points. Yeah. So I can just take the under.
0: This is their this is Tech's last shot at <laughs> uh, at not going through a month long skid. Actually, no, sorry, they got one more Monday, January thirtieth against iowa state so they got two more chances to make sure that they can win a game in the month of january <laughs> their last one is literally if december they don't 21st, get it done or december 28th sorry
1: if they don't get it done we have we have problems if lsu yeah. beats them we have we have problems all right let's jump to the women's side um no, no big games individually to talk about really um yep. so i want to do a little bit of a game um where we rank uh a couple categories here that i have made up okay. and uh the first one we'll start positive we'll do most likely to win the conference out of these four teams okay, mm.
0: okay.
1: a&m corpus christi is seven and one sfa is seven and one texas state is six and three and texas is six and two mm. um obviously Man. you have to take into account who is in their league you know how sure. they're fair and all that stuff so um, if we start with AM Corpus Christi, seven and one. The next closest are Southeastern and AM Commerce at six and two. Um, I think they have a pretty good shot at winning it. Uh, Texas State is six and three, but has a trio of seven and two teams in front of them: Troy, mm-hmm. Southern Miss, James Madison. So they're past a little bit more challenging. Uh, we've talked about Texas before in the Big Twelve. Um, they are six and two right there with Oklahoma and Iowa State, who are also right there. Um and then what was the fourth team I had here uh, SFA let me pull the SFA's in the WAC um SFA is seven and one Southern Utah is seven and zero oh, um and Cal Baptist is six and two so that's that's it um
0: for the mm. WAC so you said it was Corpus Christi SFA Texas State Texas yes okay I'm gonna go. I think Texas... Oh, man, this is hard. This is really hard. I
1: think is one. You think so? I
0: I, I think so. Right? I think think it's either them or SFA. uh, If I had to choose. In my opinion.
1: Well, I was looking at SFA's schedule. Mm -hmm. Southern Utah. They have not played Southern Utah yet. They play Southern Utah on the schedule here yeah they play they don't play southern utah until february 18th so there's some time Mm. they only play them once so i mean Mm. i don't know they could have a couple losses i don't know anything about southern utah that's the problem we we do a texas podcast not a utah podcast all right um but a&m corpus christi the thing is a&m commerce is really really solid sure yeah so okay you might be right
0: I think I I lean. Yeah, I was about to say I lean SFA. Uh, Their only loss was close to Grand Canyon. Yeah. They, you know, they're kind of the pedigree speaks for itself. I think who was was Corpus's only loss? Uh, Southeastern. I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, Tiebreakers.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. They have lost.
1: So SFA is tough. Corpus Christi, too. You don't think Texas has, has a great shot? You think Iowa State probably gets it done at the end? I don't trust Oklahoma over that. I don't know. I, I feel don't like trust Oklahoma. Oklahoma's territory. taking some bad losses. They, yeah, they're both their losses system. are bad.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh...
1: so do you trust Texas over Iowa State or SFA? Or I'm sorry, or A&M Corpus Christi over Commerce and Southeastern?
0: I think I go. You know what? I'm thinking I'm gonna go Texas.
1: Okay. Oh, I think okay. I'm gonna go
0: Texas too. Okay. Yeah, and then so
1: one SFA. Two yeah. Texas and I just kind of threw in Texas State in here. I know it'd be no, up. I no,
0: they've they've been they played really well. But I didn't uh, want to talk
1: about them. I think that was the bigger point is I wanted to give them a shout out because they're not in the conferences that we talk about as so
0: much. Right. Um, no, they've played really well this year. They're six and three in conference. They have looked like the team that I think we thought we'd get last year. Um, yeah. and it helps when they're all very experienced and what are they tied for third second with uh Louisiana? And so we got Three, well, teams, three tied teams tied for first, Yeah, right? Three yeah, teams tied for first. yeah. Three teams tied for first, two teams tied for second. So, um, but regardless, they've looked really good, um, and I think they. The, the most promising thing is like a lot of this season's been without Deneisha Hood, mm-hmm. um, and so they, the fact that they've still looked really well, looked really good, and that is is a plus. Um, but yeah, the Sun Belt still is pretty pretty competitive, and so I think if you're looking at all the conferences, I think they have the most. Variants like Texas, State could finish fifth, right? Yeah. Um, but they could also win, so that's why I would probably put them as as last in terms of most likely. Um, the defense has been there, they're second in the conference in field goal percentage defense. Um, they could be rebounding better, but again, that, I think that's more to do with Hood being in and out of the lineup, but um, still they're playing really good, so yeah, we probably should talk about them more soon. Um, yeah, because they do look like they've taken a step forward, yeah. And they have friend of the podcast, and of course, and friend been of the <laughs>
1: Um, also shout out to Prairie View and M, a five and three on the women's side. Um, uh, mm. uh, now there's they're technically fifth in the conference still, but I give them a shout out there, yeah. Um, see how they do, and that's that's it. So we got SFA one, Texas two, and Corpus Christi three, and Texas State four as uh, most likely to win the conference. Now, let's get to the uh, the negatives.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> rank rank these four in terms of most oh. disappointing this year.
0: Okay. Oof.
1: We have good old Rice, right? Who was nine and zero, now four and five in conference, uh, barely beaten North Texas. We have UT yeah. Arlington, three and six in conference play. Mm-hmm. We have Texas A and M at one and seven, and we have North Texas at four and six. Most disappointing. So we have to take into account preseason expectations a little bit. Yeah.
0: Um, I think UTa is one for me. I think UTSA is definitely one. UTSA or UTA? Yeah, no, UTA. 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 I was about to say. I was like, oh, what, what are we slandering our road no. <laughs>
1: like, UTSA right now, I think, is what, what's their record? They're like two and
0: eight or something in conference. We're still, still, still the best two win team. We in the still will not. Yeah, we will not slander them. Oh, not, not slander that team. Um, by the way, quick plug for Justin, Justin Carter's article. He just did a piece over Jordan Jenkins, who's still putting up numbers. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Jeff, uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, yeah. UTA is one for me just because. I mean, there was no reason to not expect this team to come into the black and be a contender.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, absolutely. Like you would think like they had everything. They had the star player. They had the depth. They added pieces. And it just has not been that at all they don't look like the team that we thought in any way um which is weird because like i think star jacobs is more or less played more or less the same she um, played 37
1: minutes in the last game against cal baptist went 4 right of 12 from the field uh
0: 15 points you still
1: have her scoring
0: um, her numbers are down but like percentage wise she's around the same so i don't know if they're just like sharing the ball a little bit more and she's not getting as many looks but her numbers are still the same, still shooting a, per- a decent percentage, right? It's it's not her, like, falling off or, like, regressing that's been a problem. They just – one, I think they're not defending well at all, um, which is definitely a turnaround from last year. They were a pretty solid defensive team last year. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. That's def- by, To me, that's by far the number one. I mean, you
1: have to shot
0: 53% from the field on them. <sighs> yeah, that's bad. Um. Yeah, I would go them one. Um I'm leaning Rice two.
1: Sorry, I was looking at UTA. The last time they allowed no, less than ahead, yeah. seventy points. Oh my god! Oh um, no! <laughs> let's just say it's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games of allowing seventy straight. Oh no, they allowed sixty-five to UTRGV. So seven straight okay. games of sixty-five or more points. Um, oh my
0: god!
1: Um, yeah. Anyways, Ugh. yeah, UTA is definitely one in that. I can't. Which is a shame because they were our favorite team last year. Absolutely sure. loved that team last year. So uh, two is Rice. Yeah, man, four and five. I thought they were going to do it. I just thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be better. They just lost last night to Charlotte, sixty-one, sixty-six. And the crazy part in that is that they only scored sixty-one points. You know, we we this whole season, this whole time, we were like, hey, they got like eight players that can score double digits at any time and that's what we saw in the non-conference where they were just beating people over and over and now they're they're actually de- they're doing a decent job scoring the ball but it's not consistent enough you lose to charlotte on the road um i don't know it's just not caitlin crossway goes like 0 for five ashley austin goes four of 13 malia fisher three of 12 it's just it's just too inconsistent for me very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, no,
0: I, I think I think that's about right. Oh, I'm okay putting them second.
1: Now, AM or North Texas. Now, the hard part is is that we had now North Texas obviously four and six is better than one and seven, but I think we had a little higher expectations for North Texas than we did for Texas a And M coming into the year. So, who has underachieved more, North Texas or a And M? I think a And M's last for me on this. Okay, so you're just completely absolving what we're watching. I'm not
0: absolving, but, like, I didn't expect them to be good.
1: Janiya, Janiya Barker's expected... injury, if they were 1-7 with Janiya Barker, I would
0: have more concerns. I agree. Sure. I, I think I expected UNT to take a step forward, right? Yeah. Um, And they haven't. They've kind of, at the very least, they've just stayed the same. Um, At the very least. Uh, they're better than I think we thought. Maybe at the beginning of the year, right? They looked kind of really bad at the beginning of the year. They turned it around a little bit, but they're mm-hmm. still nowhere near a team that we thought would be at least trying to compete for the conference. Um, so I would, I think for me, I knew this would be a rough season for a And M. This has been worse. Don't get me wrong, but compared to where I thought Tex- uh North Texas could be, I think this, I think they're they're uh, they're definitely worse, and I I put them third. I had North Texas
1: going twelve and eight. You had them going eleven and nine in confidence yeah. right now. Yeah, um, which maybe I mean, in theory, in theory, like you said, they've they've picked up a couple wins here and there to where you're like, okay, maybe they can turn it around. Like I was about to
0: say, they're four and six, so like they're hovering around five hundred. I think what I what'd you say I had them at again.
1: Uh, we well, had them at oh, I had them at twelve and eight. You had them at eleven and nine.
0: So like just better than 500, right? So like I'm not saying they'll finish. We're definitely gonna be wrong on that prediction, but yeah. um, if they finish around 500, two games under, or just one game under, or just at 500, that's that's within the realm of what we thought. But still, they definitely still looked a lot worse.
1: Well, the good thing is they beat um, they split with the Florida schools, so they went one on one with both the Florida schools. Uh, they beat UTSA, who you kind of have to beat if you're gonna you know, do anything, even though it was a very close game, I think UTSA had chances to tie or win. Uh their upcoming schedule is UTEP, Rice, and UAB. And those are all three gonna be losses unless if something changes. And then you're back to where we were we were talking about them. And now they're if they lose those three, what they're four and nine in conference yeah. at that point. So mm-hmm. then it's really bad. Um yeah. Yeah te- yeah North Texas okay, yeah. North Texas three. <laughs> Um, we don't talk about ANM very much, but yeah, I just wanted right. to, I honestly, and it's crazy because like, there's a lot of teams, like we talked about it in the last podcast is that there's not a women's basketball team ranked in the top 25. So you would think mm-hmm. there's a lot of disappointing teams. Honestly, there's not a ton of disappointing teams. It's just kind of like everybody's in the middle. It's kind of like figuring out where they need to be in yeah. a sense. Like, I don't know, like Abilene Christian, I think could be in this conversation. Like they haven't been. As good as I think we wanted them to be. Um, but Sam Houston's been solid. Uh, Houston's been, obviously, we've talked about them solid. SMU has been solid. Um, you know, our expectations for SMU went up a little bit in the non conference, and then it's kind of been, all right, they're around 500 in conference. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just go through that. It's like, I don't have real problem with anybody else in yeah. the conference. Like TCU's 0 and 8, and they haven't even been competitive. So if you wanted to throw them on this list, you could but like if you told me before the year they were going to be 0 and 8 i would have been like okay right (laughs) like what's what's new like we probably had them at two wins let's see what do we have them at i was
0: about to say we did not expect anything three (laughs) and four
1: wins in conference so they might not even reach that number so technically yeah (laughs) but yeah like everybody else is kind of just in the in the middle texas tech cool you're doing all right um and everybody from there uh yeah, I mean, Incarnate Word. I was looking at them; they've they've struggled. There, we had them at four and five wins. So, hmm. it's an interesting exercise. Uh, anything else you
0: saw while you were perusing the stations last night? No, no, it was it was. I wanted to see. I saw uh, Corpus Christi again. I wanted to get a good look at them. And they, man, I don't know. Steve Letts is not going to be there long. Like they, and I mean that in a good way. He's going to yeah. get plucked away. Um, they look so solid. I mean, Nichols State was also one of the top teams in the in the mm-hmm. Southland. And I believe they're five and two heading into, or four and two heading into that game. Five, I can't remember. No, where is it? Five and two heading into that game. Yeah. And I mean, Travian Tennyson finished with 27. Isaac Mashila finishes with 25. They're just fun. Like they dropped 96 on them. They finished, they they win 96, 86. And they're just fun. Like the, last year, I think last year they kind of were a little, bit, a little bit chaotic, right? They kind of forced a lot of turnovers. They weren't great to watch offensively. Yeah. This year has kind of been the opposite. They've been actually really great to watch offensively. I think they're first in efficiency in the conference. Uh, defensively, they've taken a little bit of a step back, but I think they're okay with that when they're playing so well on offense. Uh, they're shooting three well. I think they're shooting 41% in conference o- overall from three, uh, almost 50% from two. I don't know. I th- I, I, I'm stun- I I'm not stunned, but like Steve Letts has done such a good job in just two years. They're going to have a legit shot to go back-to-back um, in the Southland, and I feel like he's going to be Especially his tie with his ties to Danny Casper and then Brad Underwood, I think he's not going to be long for. And then Matt Painter uh, at Purdue, he's not going to be long for for this job. The next UTSA coach. <laughs> Listen, honestly, honestly, if they're smart, if they're smart,
1: <laughs> <laughs> if they are smart, if they are smart. Oh, uh, that's all we're
0: saying. He is from, he is from San Antonio
1: too. Yeah. I just Come looked on, it up. Now. Come on now. Where do you go? All I'm right.
0: curious. Hold on. Now you got me looking this up. Where did he go? Like, it, it did say native of San Antonio, Texas. Where do you go to? Yeah. Where do you go to high school? I need to. Masters from Incarnate Word. Mm. Okay. I don't know where he went to high school, though. Mm. Um, but he, play, he played at Texas Lutheran. That's where he got his undergrad. Okay. Not far at all. Yeah. So, okay. Where, yeah, where do you go Bring, him home. Bring him, Bring home. him home. Bring him That's home. Bring him home. I'm hearing this. No, uh... Steve Hensley
1: got an extension for Play North Texas close last night. <laughs>
0: Uh, he went to East Central by the way.
1: Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah,
0: you go. it's got, written in got, the stars, man. It's written in the stars.
1: It's written in the stars. Got connections and uh, yeah, it, close to steel and judson ish. Is, yeah, in, used to be in the same district. I don't know if they're in the same district anymore. I don't keep up with it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. right there you go. Right. All right, that's all we got. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, this weekend has, I believe, a lot of games, but we'll recap the SEC. Big 12 challenge and uh, talk about all that stuff. So, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Leave a like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, If you're listening on the audio side, Apple or Spotify, leave leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, We appreciate you all for joining us, and we will talk to you all later.